What is up, everybody, and welcome to Tailgate Talks, powered by the nation. Tonight is Wednesday, May 31st, and you're listening to episode 185. Today, it's all about Texas Tech baseball as the Red Raiders are set for the regionals as they head to the Sunshine State, uh, Florida, uh, to face off in the Gainesville Regional. So we have a breakdown of the Big 12 tournament. Uh, in preparation for the NCAA tournament all this episode, maybe a little tidbits at the end before we get you out of here for this week. Uh, but uh, back for this week, and we'll probably be taking next week off, so I wanted to go ahead and get in the studio and get this baseball stuff done. Um, to make sure you are catching everything we are doing here at Tailgate Talks, please give us a follow on Apple and on Spotify and give us those five-star ratings, five stars for the Tailgate and if you listen to us on Apple, you can leave us a review there. Also, follow our social media accounts. We are on Twitter at Telgate underscore talks. That's where we do most of our posting. That's where we will be tweeting out as we watch the regionals unfold this weekend. So make sure you follow us there. Uh, but we are also on Facebook, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Uh, been a while since we've been posting videos as it has been pretty slow time but we'll maybe get something out for the baseball regionals coming up for you guys uh so give that youtube channel a follow subscribe uh so you can get notified anytime we post anything uh and for the future when we maybe be doing some live shows on there and lastly you have anything to comment uh ask the tailgate questions for the tailgate shot bet draft ideas for the tailgate anything you can email us at tailgate talks pod at gmail.com so with all of that said let's go ahead and get into this week's episode we're gonna start this thing off right All right, Dustin. Well, it was an interesting weekend for the Red Raiders in Arlington this past weekend as they headed off to face in face off in the Big 12 tournament. Uh, it was an important weekend for the Red Raiders, as we talked about last week, as one where you needed to solidify your berth into the NCAA tournament by having a good performance. And you were able to do that. Yes. Uh, you started off the tournament with two big wins, a win over West Virginia. Not a whole lot to talk about there. You pretty much dominated. Mason Molina had a fine uh, outing, was able to go about six innings there. Uh, Brandon Beckel came in and closed it out for the Red Raiders. They were able to get a big win over West Virginia. And then you moved on to what was a much more wacky game uh, when you played the Oklahoma Sooners. I saw you trailing 5 nothing. I fought back, got back in the game only to see yourself trail nine to five late and then you find yourselves uh down by two runs in the ninth inning looking like you might not be able to pull it out but four straight singles by red raider batters plate not only the tying run but the game winning run thanks to kevin bazell and his heroics there at the end and you got two important wins to start off the big 12 tournament so before we get into the bad part of the big 12 tournament dustin let's stop and let's kind of talk about Texas Tech getting the job done, getting those two wins and solidifying that NCAA tournament berth. What do you think about those first two games? First off, that is the first time Tadlock, a Tadlock team has ever won the first two games of the Big 12 tournament, yeah. which is yeah. 
pretty amazing. And only the second time they've won two games ever. <laughs> I don't know yeah. which stat's even kind of more amazing. I know we always kind of joke like, ah, we don't care. Let's just not even show up sometimes. Like, But we actually needed to do work. And I think that was the bare minimum right there. Like we needed two wins to yeah. be a three seed. And so like. To feel comfortable yeah, going into yeah. Monday. Like going into Monday, if you would have lost and only got one win, like you were probably, I don't think you'd have been on the three line much more, maybe even a four. Uh, I don't even think you'd gotten a four because really the fours are designated for those league winners small, in those smaller yeah. conferences. So you, yeah, if so you, you didn't do those two wins, there, so that was big, especially the comeback against Oklahoma when we thought it was pretty over. So great, great job by that team to fight back and, and win another one. Get it, get it done so that way you can go into this weekend knowing you can win some games. Yeah, and that's kind of what we talked about last week was, you know, that's why the Tadlock stat isn't too shocking to me. It's just because we've never really right. cared about the tournament because you never needed it. You know, those good sure. Tadlock teams were coming in looking to avoid injury, not trying to throw their arms too much, just get ready. Yeah. The These last two years, you've actually needed to have good tournament runs to kind of solidify your spot. And so getting yeah. those two wins out of the way, Definitely helped you kind of, I guess, maybe feel more relaxed watching this play Oklahoma State. It wasn't like you, you know, lived or died by those games, but they were definitely opportunities that maybe could have landed you at a better spot uh, in the NCAA tournament. You know, the Oklahoma State Cowboys are the only team from the Big 12 that was named a regional host. So being yeah. able to pull off a win against them would have been nice, but uh, coming into the into the semis you had the advantage over Oklahoma State where they had to beat you twice and they handled handled you pretty easily in that in the first same game. Day. Uh Double eight to one. Twice. Yeah, it's twice in the same day. Beat you eight to one in the first game. Didn't you you weren't competitive at all in that yeah. game. You pretty much seemed like you were just playing for the second game. Uh put in a lot of subs early in that game. Yeah. Um and so uh, Oklahoma State did what they had to do to force that game two. Game two comes around and, you know, a slow offense, uh, but a huge, I think it was the fourth or fifth inning. I think it was the fifth inning where you put five spot on the board, got yourself up five to nothing. You had Kyle Robinson who was pitching his ass off. Um, and all of a sudden you get to the eighth inning and things take a turn. Oklahoma State scores five in the bottom of the eighth inning when you thought you were about to walk on into the Big 12 championship yep. and then follow it up in the ninth with a walk-off home run off Brandon Beckel. So the second two games, Dustin, didn't go nearly as well as the first two games. It kind of left a pretty sour taste in our mouths as the last performance that we saw the Red Raiders uh, blowing a five-run lead in the eighth inning. Doesn't make you feel good. Your thoughts kind of as that tournament wrapped up uh, for the Red Raiders and, and those performances on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much a summary of every series we played all year. I mean, we can't play like the third or fourth game. And like, uh, we, and then, the, yeah, we yeah. got comfortable that Saturday evening, you know, 5-0, everything's looking good, looking nice. And then they just kept – dinking it and hitting it and hitting it and then we just kind of collapsed a little bit so that was definitely disappointing luckily you did have that card in your pocket that you already won those first two games pretty much solidified your spot so like bittersweet i guess like good successful trip to arlington but when you had it so close of playing for the championship 
kind of a little disappointing towards the end of it there. Yeah, it was it I was pretty upset at that loss. Um, you know, losing that way, if you had just gone in yeah. and it had been a close game throughout and then you know, you blew you know, give up the home run in the ninth or whatever, like that stuff happens. But to have a comfortable lead the way you did, five runs, five yes. runs it shouldn't be that easy to come back from in one inning. Oh. Um and Oklahoma State made it look pretty effortless. Of course, you helped them out with some um, bad defensive plays and then a pass ball and you know we're sometimes our own worst enemy and yep. it just all culminated into the perfect inning for them um, and so you just kind of look back at some of the missed opportunities you had to build that lead um, and then just ultimately blowing what was maybe your best pitching performance of the weekend and what Kyle Robinson gave you um, which was a shutout five innings and it completely had Oklahoma State uh, just pretty non-aggressive offensively because they just couldn't yeah. they couldn't hit them and so uh, it's like once again you've had two amazing you've had two like really good per- pitching performances down the stretch here and you've blown both of them you know not winning against yep. Kansas and that Mason Molina start and then not being able to get the job done um, when Kyle Robinson was you know just out there dealing for you so right um, that was tough uh, anything that you learned about this team from this weekend moving into regionals. No, like I said, like felt great to win two games and then the collapse of three and four, like every series we've played for the last three months, basically. It's like, oh man. So yeah. It's like, I mean, at this point you are who you are, you know, and did it, did it um, up your expectations for this upcoming weekend or no. did it dampen them? no. And just because, like, I mean, beating West Virginia, that's a tough game. They, I mean, you played two of the teams that were tied for the lead of the Big 12 this year, you know, Oklahoma State and West West Virginia. Virginia, So, like, West Virginia, good win. Oklahoma, that's just a crazy win that you shouldn't have let get to that point. And then, so, like, not really. I mean, I guess you're going to face a similar road this weekend. I I guess competitive wise, you could say. Maybe, I mean, obviously a little tougher with Florida, but I don't think it's much different or changes my expectations just from what I saw. Yeah, I, I feel like it's it, everything that I kind of expected happened this weekend. You know, you got the the one pitcher that I super trust and our starters is Mason Molina. He went out there yeah. and he pitched like you thought he was going to. Uh, but then beyond that, it was in- inconsistent, which is like the oh, yeah. word that I would use to describe the whole season is just inconsistent from, yep. you know, Tabor Fast and can't remember the other guy's name who started for you against Oklahoma State in that other game where, you know, they just kind of were all over the place walking batters. You know, the first inning of the Oklahoma game, you you're throwing pass balls left and right. It just seemed like nothing was going your way. Um, a lot of self-inflicted errors by pitchers, a lot of self-inflicted errors by guys just not being able to field the baseball. For some reason, we just like forget every now and then how to make basic routine plays. Um, and so those are some of the frustrating things that you've done all season that you did there that was struggle. But on the bright side, you know, there were some guys who gave you good per- performances over the weekend you know, despite that Oklahoma game where you didn't feel like any of your pitchers had control, all of a sudden Josh Sanders comes in at the end of the game and had like two dominant innings where he just shut down Oklahoma and gave you the chance to come back. 
Um, Zach Erdman in that eight to one Oklahoma lo- Oklahoma State loss, like he pitched three solid innings for you at the end of the game when it seemed like Oklahoma State was going to run roll you. Um, right. And then, of course, Kyle Robinson there in that last game. So yep. I think for me, I learned that maybe we have more pitchers that I can trust. Now, the inconsistency thing, will their next outing be yeah. a disaster? You know, that's what makes me I wouldn't nervous. wouldn't say like, trust, oh, but like maybe a little more confidence than zero than maybe you had before. Yeah, because those were stressful full situations. Trust, but like, yeah. You might let them have a leash a tad bit, depending on the day. Yeah, Kyle Robinson might have been the biggest thing that we took from the weekend is like, can he go out and get you five, six innings like he did against Oklahoma State? Um, You know, remember, he was your day one starter at the beginning of the season and for some reason just didn't have it at the beginning of the season. He looked a little bit more in control uh, last few outings. Um, You know, he had a great outing against A&M great outing versus Oklahoma State. So he's the guy that I'm kind of looking for here that could be an X factor this weekend uh, if he's able to so. back up that performance. Uh, those are all things you got to hope for. And ultimately, that was a terrible way to go out of the tournament. Um, getting walked off is never fun, especially when you had a 5-0 lead, felt comfortable. Think that loss has any effect on us moving forward, or does it maybe fire the guys up to make sure they get the job done? I would say it's more of the second, the latter. Like, I think it's more of a fired up, we had it, we could have been further. Like, don't feel disrespected where you ended up in the tournament, but, like, feel yeah. more confident in, like, we had this, we could have finished it. Let's finish something off, like, finish games off next time. Yeah, I think that's got to be the hope, right, is that you're like, hey, we were right there, we didn't get the job yeah. done this time, but we – we know we can put ourselves in that situation. We just got to make that pitch. Got to make the play. Got to make that catch. Got to do the little things that get the job done. Not make that, not make that pitch that goes in the dirt and gets the runners over, you know, you got to execute. And so uh, hopefully that's what the loss provides for you, provides that energy, provides that little extra fire to, to not go out like that, to not be the last, taste in your mouth and so ultimately the red raiders do get another chance this weekend as the big 12 season big 12 tournament comes to an end it's now time for the ncaa tournament and the red raiders will make their seventh straight ncaa tournament appearance a second straight year where you've been a three seed having to go on the road uh and unfortunately for the red raiders this year uh you got uh a the region of death, maybe, you know, what they call like World Cup, the group of death. This feels yeah. kind of like a region of death as you get the number two overall seed Florida Gators uh, as True. the hosts. So headed to Gainesville uh, in the confines of the Florida Gators. The number two seed, the Yukon Huskies, who uh, could have been a host team, I think. It looked like for the most of the season, like they could have been in that area. Uh, so that's a pretty high two seed, uh, one of the best, better um, you know, baseball teams from a, you know, non-Power yep. 5 conference. Uh, of course, you have yourself and Florida A&M as the four seed coming in. So, Dustin, just your thoughts on the overall regional and Texas Tech, you know, being put as a three seed in what looks like a pretty daunting uh, task. Yeah, you ended up probably where we thought after those two wins. But, yeah, it sucks you got paired up with the number two Florida Gators. 
Yeah. yeah. Pretty stacked this year. It makes you wish you might have got one of those Oklahoma State wins, so maybe you could have got sure. a better uh, – might have been a three seed, seed yes. but, yeah, get a more favorable. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like, you might not have been as where you ended up, but UConn's also really good. They made a super regional last yeah. year and only lost 15 games this year. And so you got your work cut out for you in that very first game. Then hopefully you win that, but then you turn around and play Florida next game. So <laughs> it's going to be real, real hard this weekend. Yeah, it's it's not going to get easier. Um, you know, that's the NCAA tournament, though. You know, you got to go beat some good teams. And kind of when you look at the bracket, we look like more of a on that eight to nine, you know, about a nine seed or yeah. whatever, having to face a an eight seed. And if you win that, you get the one seed. So um, work yeah. is cut out for us. It begins on Friday at 11 a.m. against the UConn Huskies. A little bit about the UConn Huskies. They were 43 and 15, as Dustin mentioned, 15 losses on the season. Their offense is uh, a top 25 offense in the nation. They rank 24th in that category. Uh, Red Raiders rank ninth uh, as a comparison for you there. Um, The Huskies on the mound carry a 4.84 ERA into the regional. So um, some decent pitching there, but nothing that's going to, I think, completely shut us down. Uh, Some names to watch for. uh, Some of their bigger bats. Ben Huber. uh, Huber started 49 games for them. uh, Leads the team with 16 home runs. Uh, they also have Luke Broadhurst. That's a great baseball name right nice. there, Broadhurst. Uh, he's hit 14 bombs uh, as well, so a lot of power kind of middle of that lineup. Uh, then they got a guy, David Smith, who's the contact guy kind of at the top of the lineup, uh, who has stolen 38 bases Ooh. this year. The UConn Huskies have stolen a lot of bases this season, so that's, that's something to watch. That's more than we've watch. tried to steal this year. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I don't even remember trying to steal a base unless it was like a hit and run type of situation. We went 28 and 35 on stolen bases this year. That is piss poor. Not good. We didn't, we've never really liked to run and we actually have some fast guys on the team. So that kind of, um, you know, makes no sense, but the Huskies will definitely try to run on us. They've got uh, a lot of stolen bases on the season. So that's definitely something that we're going to have to watch out for, uh, arms to watch. Um, I think it's either Stephen Quigley or Jack Sullivan who are going to be yeah. – who's it's either going to be one of them who's going to get the start over us. Uh, Quigley's a right-hander, um, and Jack Sullivan is uh, – or is it Fogle? I can't remember. Jack Sullivan looks like their best um, bullpen guy um, who has a .79 ERA, uh, so that's pretty good. And then Zach Fogel's a left-handed reliever. So there's some pitchers to watch out for. My guess is that it's going to be Stephen Quigley, their best starter. Uh, they got to go out and they got to get this win. Um, and as do you. So, Dustin, any thoughts on uh, Connecticut and uh, facing off with them in this first uh, all-important game? No, just go throw Mason Molina out there and try to play your best ball to get that first win. You don't want to end up right away in the loser's bracket. I mean, let let it take over after the first win. So I'd say throw Mason Lena against whoever they want to throw out there. If they want to play the long game and throw someone else, good for us, hopefully. But I don't think you save Mason Molina 
go throw them out first game and let's yeah. try to get that first win and go on the winner's side. Yeah, you don't want to put yourself in the situation you did no. last year, which you went out and you lost game one, and then you're having to fight back the whole entire time. Yeah. Um, you definitely got to go out, get this win, and then hope to get hope your your com- pitching staff can piece together a good performance against yeah. Florida. Uh, you got to figure that one out. But yeah, I, I would expect it to be the Mason Molina Brandon Beckel combo that you've kind of seen a lot of. Like, let's yeah. see if Mason can get us to uh, sixth seventh inning and then let Beckel kind of bring it home. Um, I would expect that, but I think you got to get this one. Um, you know, important for me is to the bats are the bats going this weekend. We'll all remember last year's regional, your pitchers actually came in and they were all fine. Your pitching, yeah. your pitching staff did great when that was the big concern and then your bats just weren't working. So you don't want to, uh, that nightmare scenario to happen again, where you just can't buy a hit. Yeah. So for me, it's just can the offense get going early in this one? Find ways to get finding a way to get a run across in that first inning. I think will be really important if you're able to go ahead and jump on them early. That'll be really really good. And kind of to like go back to your question earlier, like did I take something from the Big Twelve tournament? That's something I took away. Yeah, we were actually able to hit at a neutral park away from Dan Law Field and have an offensive game. And we yeah, haven't and hit some bombs. So, yeah, you had some power. You had some singles up the middle and to the left side yeah. of the infield. Like you could, you got an offensive game outside of your own place. So that was a great positive. So that hopefully yeah. we can keep rolling. Yeah, definitely. Um, besides those last two games, I mean, you had that five run inning. Other than that, you kind of struggled, but you know, still to be able to scratch five runs yeah, across five the board runs. is good. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, hopefully the offense is going, um, yeah, key Friday night is, is Mason Molina, his normal self. And if he is, he's going to give you a shot Friday. Um, and just hopefully your bats are able to give him some support, uh, and and put you in a good situation. And so that will kick things off for the red Raiders and they'll look like they'll face Florida, but you know, that's all, (laughs) that's probably what they'll face. Um, Dustin, you think if we get to that, you know, second game where you facing off with the Florida Gators, um, that number two number two seed. They have uh, a guy who leads the all of NCAA baseball in home runs, who's also like one yep. of their best pitchers. They have yeah, wow. a stacked pitching staff. Um, they might we might have the advantage offensively. Um, I think our lineup might be better top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, besides having that, you know, big bat in the middle of their lineup there. Um, any chance you give the Red Raiders over over Florida? I mean, not really. I'd put it at like 30-70. Yeah. Chance, I think, to win. But you never know. I mean, let's just get there and see what happens. Maybe, you know, Zane Petty or Girton or whoever's that day two starter, like, throws a dime out there and then we hit some get some hits. Like, you just never know at this point, like, it can happen. It's happened to you at your own place before. Yeah. So like it could happen. And we have, like you said, a great offense, top 10 offense, like top to bottom dudes can hit dudes can hit for power. Like our number seven guy was one of our best players last weekend. Yeah. So that gives you a chance. Most games, if they can carry those bats on the road. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be the key. I, I think, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. There is a chance I see it happening. For me, it all comes down to like, who are we going with as our second guy? And to me, I think Kyle Robinson deserves that second start because out of the that. other two freshmen that you threw, like they didn't have it. Um, this guy seems like he's cool under pressure. Like he came in in a big game against Oklahoma State that was like a do or die game, and he was pitching uh, pretty confidently. And so I think he's done enough to maybe earn that spot. And I would feel pretty comfortable just seeing what he did against that Oklahoma State lineup um, with him going up uh, and, and giving us a shot. And that's really just what you need a guy who's not going to make a lot of mental errors, not put guys on base, make them make the hits, right? Make them make the plays to get on base and get those runs across. So, um, you know, we don't know what that would look like just yet. I don't think we've heard anything about the starters at this point, but, um, but ultimately Dustin, it's a big weekend. You need big moments from players. So let's start on the, let's start out kind of offense defense area out in the field. We'll talk pitchers second, who are some guys that you're especially looking for to step up this weekend for the Red Raiders? Hold on. I was on the pitching. Let me switch over for a second. Um, obviously, like, you need your big guns to show up, like Gavin Cash. Yeah. Like, first and foremost, best hitter of your team. Got to step off the bus and hit some balls. Yeah. Like, Can't just kind of mentioned – Last can't just week, be one week, home run. <laughs> week before, like he's kind of fizzled off in this last yeah few weeks, so like need to get that back, and like you need your guys at the other top, like Nolan Hester and uh, Kevin Bazell to keep going. Like I think they've been really good this year, but I, I feel like we've been not. In, not random or inconsistent, but there's always like a second or third guy that kind of it bounces around. Yeah. So you, you, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. I, I think a good like, example is the Big 12 tournament. You had like Nolan Hester was doing good. Um, you had uh, Hudson White was is just yeah. on a tear right now. Zach Vulicic was up there good. But then you had kind of guys in the middle. Kevin Bazell was struggling. Austin Green was like he was hitting the ball, but he was hitting right at him. Cash had the one home run, but other than that, he was uh, he didn't really do a whole lot of damage. And so it's kind of like you always have spots of the lineup um, that are doing good, but then the main spot that you needed this past weekend to be good, which was Austin Green, Gavin Cash, Kevin Bazell, that whole area wasn't really doing a whole lot. And so, um, yeah, that's where I'm kind of like you need Gavin Cash and another guy to be whether that's Hudson White or whoever, like be bombing, be hitting. And then you need that yeah. third, maybe fourth guy to show up and be like, Hey, I'll take it today or I'll take it tomorrow. Like that's, that's like the minimum you need at this level yeah. in, in the tournament. I think for me, like the two guys I'm watching, have been like two of the guys that have just been consistent for you here, kind of down the stretch that leads off with Nolan Hester, your lead off guy. I've really enjoyed watching him this year. That dude is a pest at the plate. Like he's so fun to watch at bat um, because he makes the pitchers throw. Like you know, get him out. He he's not gonna swing at mistakes or anything like that. And he was just on the base pass all the time. If you got him going this weekend, I think that gives you great opportunity because he's gonna be on the base causing havoc. 
uh, making the pitchers worry. And uh, when they have to worry about that guy every time up, that definitely you can see it being stressful. Just look at what he did in the OU game. He was on base six times, yep. <laughs> um, which was yeah, impressive. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Um, and then Hudson White, who's been just absolutely tearing it up this month, uh, yeah. carried that over into the Big 12 tournament where he was uh, a beast as well. He was doing it against every single team in that tournament. The guy homered twice off Oklahoma State. Yeah. Like he's just filling it right now. If he For can sure. keep keep it in that zone, that had that's you know, two guys that you're not you know, you're relying on Hester to get you started, right? But having guys in the middle of that lineup into that lineup is gonna be key. That way the pitchers never have a chance to relax. You know, if you got Hester at the top and then you get Austin Green, Bazell cash going in the middle and then you have hudson at the back of the lineup like those pitchers can never take a break um and that's nice to have so those are keys um but yeah i mean for me it starts and ends with gavin cash if he goes in and he has a the kind of weekend that you've seen him have before where he goes off and he just hits three four bombs this weekend i definitely can see where texas tech is in the next round uh, but if he's has one of these weekends where he gets one, two hits and and strikes out a lot and swinging at him and missing at a lot of pitches, it's going to be uh, a rough weekend for us. So yeah, I mean, he um, went two for five against West Virginia with the home run, and then zero for the other three games. Zero for five, zero for three, zero for five. So I yeah need can't to turn that. turn that switch back on, Gavin. Yeah, can't have that. I think. You know, he needs to be a little more selective with pitches he's swinging at. <laughs> he just goes up there and he just swings the bat. Um, and so um, he's just waiting for a pitcher to make a mistake. And if you're not making any mistakes, he's going to get out a lot. So uh, I'm watching for him. And then, you know, field wise, you just got to clean up the airs. You got to make the simple Ooh. plays when they're there. And that's just something that yeah. even in, you know, the games that you're winning, you, you seem to make two or three it's kind of mental errors every game where, it's a pitcher not covering yeah. first base. It's not catching a uh, an easy out because you're focused on tagging the runner. Um, just stuff like that that you had errors on all weekend um, that will really come and get you in this type of weekend. Um, pitching, Dustin, it's, it's a roller coaster watching Texas Tech pitching. Yeah. Um, other than Mason Molina, who we've kind of tagged as our opening day starter for this. Um, um, who are some guys that you're just really thinking if tech wins, these are the guys that we're going to be mentioning. Yeah. Mason and Beckel, your top two guys got to do their thing. Like, yeah, I know Beckel kind of gave up some hits and home runs late in that big 12 tournament, but he's still your best relief pitcher, closer, whatever you want to call him. Um, it, to me, it's like, yeah. If it's Robinson like you mentioned or Zane Petty, Brandon Garten, like whoever starts that second and third game. Yeah. We you gotta at least get five innings out of them, like quality innings, not like you're giving up six runs or whatever, like that you're in the game or leading still. Like whoever that second and third starter is, we need some good production out of to give us a chance to hit and give our offense a chance to play. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at. And for me, I've, I've mentioned him a lot. I think it's got to be Kyle Robinson. Um, he's the guy who's had your most recent success. And I think you just kind of got to ride the hot arm at this point. But, you know, you need your guys in the bullpen to be able to come in and throw some shutout yeah. innings. You're, you're Ryan Freeze, you're Brandon Beckles, you're guys that you trust uh, to come in and get 
three outs uh, in a in a high stressed situation. Ethan Coombs has been another guy who's come in, and yep. you know I thought he's been really good for you lately. He's kind of a situational pitcher, but um, those guys are very important in these types of situations if they can go out there and get the job done. Unfortunately for him, he got the job done, got the ground out, but you know your shortstop mishandled it, and you know next <laughs> next things next games uh completely flipped so um yeah for me it's definitely kyle robinson who i'm kind of looking for but yeah some of those other guys can josh sanders back up his last performance with a good one here and be a guy that you can trust in the bullpen uh can beckle get back to his start of the season ways he's been a little shaky here uh last several weekends can he get it back uh do we get the ryan free who was like five innings of dominance against oklahoma or we don't know it's just um (laughs) I think for me, it's going to be the bullpen. Uh, if they're able to shut some of these guys down and get us out of uh, late innings where it's close games, because you know these games are probably going to come down to the seventh, eighth, ninth innings. Oh, yeah. um, and it's those guys who are going to be throwing those. So, um, interested to see what kind of performances you get from everybody this weekend. Uh, will be a lot of high uh, intensity situations, a lot of stressful pitches. A lot of stressful at bats and see who will come through for the Red Raiders. Ultimately, uh, we love to do predictions here, Dustin. Uh, how do you think it fares for the Red Raiders this weekend? Do you have a, a record prediction for them this weekend and, and and what happens? So yeah, you got double elimination between four teams. I think you get the UConn win Friday morning, Friday afternoon, with Mason Molino on the mound. Florida's probably going to take it to you. I mean, that's just going to be a tough, tough-ass game. It's just a fact of it. Um, but I think you come out this weekend like two and two. Yeah. And Florida's going to beat you both of those times. And probably not much you can do about that just because they just have way more firepower, way more yeah. solid, way more consistency. And I think you're coming out the second-best team in this, but two and two and – Honestly, just coming back to Lubbock after that. Yeah, that's what I I have happening as well. I think you go out and get the UConn game, mm-hmm. um, and then I think Florida bests you, and then I think you're at that point. I think UConn and your pitching. I think you still have more talent in the in the bullpen out of your pitchers to beat them a second time. But ultimately, the number two team in the nation. Um, is yeah. going to be too much for you and you're on their home turf and yeah. you know yeah, rowdy, tech yeah. looked a lot better this weekend but that was in uh you know the rangers ballpark that wasn't um in enemy territory with before. probably a pro texas tech yeah fan base it yeah. seemed like yeah definitely so there it's probably going to be hostile uh and we know you haven't fared well on the road and so uh, it's a lot of those things that kind of get it for me that make it think that yeah. uh, Florida is probably going to move on uh, and go on to the Super Regionals. But um, still, yeah, ending up as the runner-up in this is not a bad look. I don't um, think so. Hopefully they're competitive games against Florida, you know, and not games where you just kind of go out there and, and, and get beat bad but are able to compete. But So that's uh, what we've got for the Texas Tech Regional uh, this weekend series starts at 11 a.m central time on friday against yukon and so uh, we'll be locked into that so hop on twitter follow us at tailgate talks pod um, or tailgate 
underscore talks uh, on Twitter if you want to keep up with our reactions to what's going on in that tournament. So follow us there. Uh, but before we get out for the weekend, we thought it would be fun uh, to do a shot bet draft with it being uh, the regionals. We thought it'd be fun to draft Tadlock era players who we think would help us the most this yeah. upcoming weekend to get out of the regionals. Um, and so that's what we're going to do now as uh, um, we, we look ahead, we'll be drafting four players each. Uh, and seeing who comes up with, you know, the the best overall lineup of guys yeah. who could help us out, help us win a regional in Gainesville. So let's go do a shot bet draft. I've missed more than 9,000 shot bets in my career. I've lost almost 300 shot bets. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game running shot bet and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe I led you to believe it was easy when it wasn't. Maybe I made you think my highlights started at the free throw line and not in the gym. Maybe I made you think that every shot bet I took was a game winner. That my game was built on flash and not fire. Ball. Maybe it's my fault that you didn't see that failure gave me strength. That my pain was my motivation. Maybe I led you to believe that shot bets was a God-given gift and not something I worked for every single day of my life. Maybe I destroyed the shot bet. Or maybe you just making excuses. All right. So it is our Tadlock era players who we think would help us get past the Gainesville regional draft. Um, I uh, won the coin toss that we did as we you know took a break, a beer break, bathroom yep. break, you know, whatever you want to call it. So I will get the first selection of this draft. So with that, I got to take the easy one here. It should I be take really easy. I got to take the possible rookie of the year in the Major League Baseball, uh, possible future all-star. I got to take Josh Young. Oh, um, okay. I got to take him. Um, and, you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw him over at shortstop. I'm going I'm yeah. to let him play shortstop. Sure. Uh, I feel like that's the one weak part of our infield. Um, he shures that up, you know, I'm sorry, Tracer. Um, I, you've got a lot of potential, but you should still be in high school. So, um, <clears throat> give me Josh young there. And then you add another, just huge bat to the lineup. So Very. that takes care of two things that you're even better on offense. And then you're much, much, much improved on defense. So I've got to take Josh young with my first pick. Okay. I was not going that way. Oh, you weren't. Wow. No. Um, uh... The reason I was not going that way is offense is not our problem right now. <laughs> it's not, but I mean. So I stayed I stayed away from the offense when I started my list. So my first pick, which is this where I thought you were going, is 2017 Stephen Gingry on yeah. the mound. Probably the best. I had him as my number games. one overall, but I was like, I can't not take the one dude who's like in the MLB and just was consistent for you every single year. Like, yep. But yeah, Steven Gingery, 2017, 2018 through one inning hurt his elbow, but 28, 17, 1.5 ERA in 15 games, 91 yep. innings, only 21 runs in 91 innings and 107 strikeouts by far the best pitcher Tadlock's ever had on the mound to start. Yeah. When you think about pitchers that we've had, we've had some good ones, but nobody was as automatic as he was. And every time he was yeah. pitching, it was an automatic dub. <laughs> and so, yeah, um, I had him number one overall on my board, 
but um <laughs> i knew and, and yeah i i think the obviously the importance that having him on this pitching staff would like do would give you mason molina beckel and then gangry could go in game two and that would sure things up oh, so yeah yeah so it's turned the corner. When That's why I was hoping to get second pick because I was hoping that you were going to oh, no, Josh, he was, and then I was going to go. I thought three. he was going to be gone, and then I was going to be shifting around. So, man, having him set up with my next pick is going to be great too because I'm going to go. I was going for they're not going to score more runs <laughs> than we are. If you got Austin so Green, Kevin Bazell, Josh Young. But now, so we're completely resetting. It's like now we don't have these guys when you go again on this pick. Yeah, but – I'm going to take Micah Dallas from either 2020 or 21. He was a great spot starter, long reliever, kind of whatever you wanted him to do pitching-wise. And you always felt good about him out there. Like, so that was having another arm to either start or come in long relief for you as a very, very solid player. And you know he's going to play either every day or every other day for you. I need more pitching help, obviously, with this this group. Yeah. So, like, give me him to do to be my Swiss Army knife relief, long relief start starting pitcher. Okay. So Dustin going all pitching here. Pitching um, for now. Offense. We have the best offense in the in the Big Twelve. I don't need help there. <laughs> well, but I mean, maybe getting fifteen runs across will you know you know you don't need that great pitching yeah. when you got you know all your bats doing work. I'll come to the offense later. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go. I got t- two pitchers here that I really like, and so I'm gonna go Caleb Killian here. Um. Sweet. <laughs> when you think of other pitchers in the Tadlock era who have been uh, as like guaranteed of victory as uh, he was that guy for you in the, his last year here, he was uh, your best starter, consistently get you W's, consistently give you chances to win. Having him as like your Saturday or even your Friday guy for this weekend would would make me feel a lot better having um that good of a starter and then i'm also going to go davis martin um who was a guy who actually has beaten florida in the past yes and um um gave us some good memories there gave us our first ever college of (laughs) college world series win so um i think having um Either one of those guys as one of your starters is going to give you a huge advantage, guys that you trust. Um, and I, I'm taking, like, the freshman version of Davis Martin, who was just, like, incredible before he kind of got injured and had some. Yeah, I wrote um, down, like, what year I was taking these guys from. It's like, besides Micah Dallas, who was good in 20 and 21, I have a year. Yeah. Like, uh, I obviously don't want 2018 Stephen Gingry. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> one arm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Davis Martin, I think it was the 2016 year that, yeah, that we beat Florida. And that that was his. I think as a freshman, he was like ten and zero or something like that, or um, or something on that line. So I'm gonna take that Mike that version sure. of uh, of Davis Martin. Okay, Davis Martin. Man, left me a lot of options open. <clears throat> so round end around three and start around four. Mm, 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 mm. 
gonna go to my my offensive pick, my position player. And that's Dylan Noisy from 2020. And we only got 19 games out of that season. But what I was looking for in my position player was not just straight up offense. I wanted a guy who could steal some goddamn bases. I mentioned it earlier. We only went 28 of 35 for the whole season. That's bottom of the barrel in the Big 12. Yeah. Like, really, really bad. And still a noisy hit 355, went 12 of 12 on stolen bases. And then the other thing I was looking for, he only had one error in those 19 games. Yeah. I was also looking for some, a defensive player with a couldn't still hit, so he's improving your offense, and he's stealing bases. Really need that guy on this offense. Like, yeah, that's where I was aiming my offensive pick at. Okay, so Dylan Noisy, Noisy's there. I could double up on it and take my other position guy, <laughs> but I still just want more pitching help. Who do I want? If you don't take this guy, I'm like forced to have to take him. <laughs> I have a lot of guys I want, though. All right. There's a lot of guys that I want, too, but I can't, like, not take. Mm. So many numbers written down. You know what? Give give me Ryan Shetter from 2018. Mm. Another kind of spot starter. Started for you in that Shetter combo. Had no, 72 say, innings does, does only. It count if you get Dylan Deuce. It doesn't count if you unless you have Dylan Can Deuce I take combo. both? <laughs> I'll allow Dushetter. The Dushetter combo. Oh, even better. Then that's by far my pick. I mean, Shetter by himself, 72 innings and only 27 runs across the plate. Like it's pretty good math to me. Yeah, once they figured out that Deuce it come in, get the first, you know, first two innings. Yeah. And then Shatter come in and get the rest. They also beat Florida. So um so yeah, we've got three pitching combos that have beaten the Florida Gators. Dang right. Hmm. All right, so now. where are you going with your last pick? Now you got options. I feel like it's a crime to not take Jace Young. <laughs> like I feel like it's a crime to not have him. But like and, and also, you know, throw him over at shortstop because, or, you know, I, or maybe Austin Green just goes to DH because also when you think of this is like, who do I want to replace? And I'm not touching first base. And I know there's Eric Gutierrez and a bunch of like sure. really good first base we, men right. we've had. But That's why I wasn't taking a guy like Cam yeah, or Duke. I can't take any of them because I don't want to take cash off the field. Um, you know, Austin Green's been pretty good for you. He's had some some slip ups here and there at second base, but ultimately it's like been a really good bat for you. It's a guy that I don't want to lose. Uh, Bazell over at third has been really good. So I don't want to take him off third and don't want to take his bat out. Um, right. um, outfield outfield is where I feel like there would be the last weakness. It's like uh, Dylan Carter's got good defense, but his bat is pretty, you know, disappeared, especially as of late. Um, Nolan Hester, I don't want to replace. 
And then whoever out is in the other field, like it, it's Vuletic or Gage Harrelson. I don't really know right now. It's a big combo. So I guess I'm going to go outfield and I'm going to go Grant Little. Okay. I like I'm that. I'm going to go Grant Little. I'm sorry, Jace. Um, <laughs> I feel like that's a big error to not leave Jace, to leave Jace off our drafts, but no, I feel like an I, outfielder with Grant was a really good defender who yeah. made some great plays. And then also he had a phenomenal bat who had power, speed, um, and just the ability to get on base. And so he's a guy that would be, would really help that yeah. outfield um, lock down a position and also give you some much uh, needed pop at the beginning or middle or back of the lineup, wherever, like that's how versatile he was. Yep. And so, um, yeah, no, I like that pick. I like what you did. But, um, yeah, I went about it looking at pitching, starting in relief pitchers first. So I was like, man, our pitching is just – that's about our biggest weakness, I feel like. Maybe if we had better pitching, yeah. our hitting might be, be more relaxed on the road. <laughs> so I went that route first. And like I said, I mentioned getting good hitters that could steal bases and field good too. Um, was my second route. Yeah, I was a uh, had guy uh, like Drew Baker on my list. I had yeah, Gabe give Holt. us some OLIs, some of your OLIs, Dustin. Drew Baker, Drew Baker, and Gabe Holt were on my list as my other position players because of stealing bases and being able to hit. Like you remember how I don't know Gabe when he played second base that year in 2018 was solid and great on base when he played the outfield next year, a little more yeah. questionable. So I didn't take that year. Um, the pitching that I was going through my list was Brandon Birdsell starting pitcher yeah. from last year. Jose Cazada relief pitcher from 2018, really solid one to two inning relief pitcher for you. And then Parker Mashinsky from 2017, same very good relief pitcher for you in that year. Yeah, so I had on my outside looking in, obviously Jace <laughs> um, um, had him high on my big board, but at the, you know, I just feel like he. I don't know how good he would have been at short, and so that makes me scared to take him. Um, yeah. And and I don't want to remove Austin Green. Um, I had Hayden Howard, a uh, relief pitcher from your 2016 team, who has you know the pitch that he. Had the pickoff to beat mm. New Mexico yeah. in the regionals. Uh, he had the pitch that um, when you beat Florida in that um, Davis Martin game was the guy who threw the pitch that the dude hit the double off of, but Nezloni threw down. Um, I had Dylan Dusick on there. Um, I had Cam Warren just to give me a DH. Uh, that Yeah, I thought about that too. <laughs> yeah, I would just put him at DH and let him go hit bombs. <laughs> Uh, back up Gavin Cash there, uh, hit some bombs. I had Tanner Gardner, um, who uh, was a really good center fielder for us, had allowed mm -hmm. that, pretty speedy guy. I had Robert Duggar, who was a good uh, oh, bullpen guy yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah, um, yeah Parker Mashinsky as well. Um, and then, um, oh, there was one other guy. I just forgot to write his name down. Jacob Patterson, Jacob Patterson. He was that dude who had the really weird – um, like stance that maybe everybody think it was a balk because he was like halfway turned around when he started his pitch and he would like go all the way. 
he'd like go all the way back and then throw it. It was very, it was a very weird windup, but he was like really, really good. Um, I think it was that 17 season. So a lot of different dudes. I mean, I mean, we're not, not even mentioning like Orlando Garcia, Eric Gutierrez, um, a bunch of really good guys who were amazing for you. So Tadlock era players are loaded. We thought it'd be fun to do that draft. So you'll get the, let us know who won that. Um, Get your opinions. Let us know how bad we messed up that Jace isn't on our list. Um, But, you know, also trying to draft uh, who players that we think would give us the best chance uh, of winning this week. So let us know your thoughts and everything on that. We had fun doing that. And we'll be back over the summer with more shot bet drafts. Not all going to be Texas Tech related, but definitely got some cooked up. That'll be uh, fun to put out there. But like we've said, if you've got any ideas, let us know. Um, and maybe we'll do that shot bet draft. Maybe we'll, we will invite you on to do that shot bet draft. But before we get out for this week, Dustin, your final shot. Two quick football notes, one Texas Tech related. They announced some football games, game times. Usually we don't get as many of these game times as early as now, but we either have five, at least five night games this year. Yeah as announced of today. Uh, so that's huge. I also love that there's 6 p.m. games. Yeah. Like, kind of an early night game. It's like, we'll get out of there by 10 o'clock. Like, yeah. <laughs> it won't I love be that midnight. everybody's like, Oregon <laughs> at night at the Jones. And I'm like, it's 6 p.m. in yeah. September. It's going to be daylight still. <laughs> right. I get that. I get that part. But, yeah, it'll still be evening time. <laughs> Oregon in the sunset. <laughs> in the sunset. But I love the 6 p.m. rather than like 8 or 9 o'clock kickoffs. Like yeah. They're so goddamn late. But now we also get to use those cool new lights that we put in. Yeah. And do our entrance light show. So that'll be sick. Yeah, we knew we were guaranteed one night game with that TCU game being on a Thursday. You knew that was going to be played at night, so you're going to get that opportunity to show them off. But like everybody was kind of nervous that the Oregon game was going to be the big noon kickoff. Oh. Um, but instead, you get the 6 p.m., so that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Texas at 6 p.m., unfortunately, that's there. But, yeah, a lot of night games for the Red Raiders so far this season, so – it's always good, especially to start off the season with some good tailgating where you don't got to feel so rushed. You get a whole day to uh, relax yeah. and tailgate. And tailgating is so, always better in the afternoon yeah. rather mm-hmm. than morning breakfast tailgates, you know. Than when you just woke up. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those times have been announced. Uh, football season is under 100 days away. Yes. Um, so looking forward to that and looking forward to getting into more football things as that season gets close. Um, for me, it's all been uh, NBA playoffs and the Miami Heat Woo. coming off one of the most brutal losses that I've seen in a long time in basketball where they thought they had won the series, but Derek White said no. Got the tip in at the buzzer to send it to game seven back to Boston. Boston fans, everyone thought the Celtics had it wrapped, that they were going to complete the three-game uh, to zero comeback, but the Miami Heat and Caleb Martin said Caleb not so Martin. fast, and they uh, destroyed the Celtics on uh, in Boston 
to win game seven, move on to the NBA finals, the face off with the Denver Nuggets, the finals that we all thought was going to happen. Um, uh, but the Nuggets and Heat start Thursday night uh, in Denver. I fully expect the Nuggets to handle this one pretty easily. Um, I'm going Nuggets in five. Dustin, what do you what do you got? That sounds about right. I might give the Heat six just because of how they are, you know. Yeah. But I don't see it being as competitive as their Eastern Conference games have been, um, and with how dominating Jokic, Jamal yeah. Murray, and the Nuggets. The Heat have don't have a big guy that can guard Jokic. Like Bam's their big guy, but Jokic he's gonna is bully Bam just him. back him yeah. down and shoot hook shot yeah. layups. So I don't really know where the heat. I mean, they're going to run their zone um, probably, but Jokic is like the ultimate zone weapon because you can just put him anywhere and let him run the offense. So it'll be fun to watch. Uh, Be fun to see if Jimmy can summon up any of his any more playoff heroics. But I kind of think you know the Nuggets have been so good at home. I don't really see them blowing a game in Denver with how good they've been there. Um, And on that, like the. Heat just messed around and had to go seven games, get no yeah. rest, and then have to go to Denver and play in that altitude. Yeah. Whereas Denver's been sitting at home for nine days, getting yeah. reacclimated, and they're going to be good to go. They're going to watch game one. They're going to run their ass off. Yeah, they're going to feel like they've had a whole <laughs> off season off um, by yeah. the time this thing starts. They're going to be um, running so fast that the Heat are gassed. Yeah, but what I like about the Nuggets is they're just they're, they're so good. They have a lot of really good players, and then you have the best player in basketball and Jokic leading the way. Um, but they just have have so many dudes who can hit shots. Um, Jamal Murray's been playing outstanding as well. So um, looks like they're probably going to take it. But then again, I thought the Heat were going to lose to the Celtics, and here they are in the final. So uh, I'm not going to completely count out Jimmy Butler just yet but uh the nba playoffs get started ncaa tournament gets going this weekend so it'll be a fun weekend of sports uh, a lot of stuff to watch and talk about um we'll be off next week dustin's heading to the windy city yes, right um, so he will be out of town so we'll take next week off and so whatever happens with the red raiders in the ncaa tournament we'll be back um the following week to discuss that um, and everything, um, you know, basketball, football news, whatever else uh, gets us going for that particular week. So um, once again, to catch everything we're doing here at Tailgate Talks, you got to follow us. Follow us on Apple and on Spotify. Give us those five stars, five stars for the Tailgate. If you listen to us on Apple, kindly leave us a review. Follow our social media accounts. Follow us on Twitter at Tailgate underscore Talks. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for hanging out with us, talking some Texas Tech baseball, and hope you enjoy watching the regionals this week. Let's go get the job done, Red Raiders. And as always, we will catch y'all at the next tailgate.